Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Yeah. Oh. Hey, guys. We're live here. Uh, let's go on to our intro, and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome to another episode of Reels and Heels. Uh, today, uh, Willow decided that she wanted to spend uh, time with the hubby, so she's taking the day off. But we have our newest team member, which you guys saw last week and in previous episodes. Omar, how you doing? Hey, guys. How's it going? All right. Uh, so we're proud to have you on our team, and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But our special guest is the promoter, uh, organizer, uh, Anthony from Phantasm Orlando. Anthony, how you doing? Very well. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. Um, so we know that you're at a show, so we'll not keep you too long. But um, so Phantasm Orlando is uh, a horror convention uh, and a haunt, which is yes. uh, quite interesting. So let's go way back. When did the whole horror thing start for you? Well, when I was younger, I was I was a big superhero fan. I was big into Batman. So, I mean, it kind of kind of correlates there a little bit. Um, and then when I got a little bit older, I really got into like Friday the 13th and things like that. I was a big Jason fan, uh, much to my mother's, you know, chagrin. <laughs> she didn't care for that too much. She was never, never into the blood and the gore and the slashers, but I just, I really got into it a lot. And then I always used to watch creature feature on Saturdays and I was a big Godzilla fan. And when I was younger, if it, if it wasn't Godzilla on it, I wouldn't necessarily want to watch it so much like Frankenstein and Dracula. I'm like, ah, that's going off. But I uh, grew to appreciate that a little bit more in my teens. And uh, I just, I've always liked it. It just, it's, it's an interesting um, genre because, uh, like sci-fi and everything else, you, you find a little community, you feel connected to other people that like it and stuff. So I just, I've always liked it. Yeah. That is something, uh, the, the horror community out of all, like, you know, we have big shows like Megacon, you know, for comic books and stuff like that, but the horror community is different than the comic community. I want to say that it, I want to, I don't know. I may get some hate, but I think the horror community is more tighter. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's not, it's not as mainstream and by, by mainstream, I mean, you don't see it in the normal news cycles. Like when a comic book hero comes out or a comic book movie comes out, they don't like talk about it on the news or, or, uh, you know, stuff like that. There's not a lot of actors that get super famous in it that are known for other things like Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman is for Wolverine or something like that. Or Gail Godot is for Wonder Woman. Now they tend to stay a little bit off the radar a little bit, not saying that there isn't big people like Jamie Lee Curtis's and, and stuff like that, but 
it's it's different. It doesn't get it doesn't get its time in the limelight like say superheroes or some sci-fi does. Yeah, it, it still feels very personal. You yes. know, it still feels like you're still going to a small show versus uh, some of these comic conventions are so huge. Like just stepping into the the lobby of like a Dragon Con is so overwhelming. Well, that's 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 kind of some of it. Like, like, like in superhero movies. Like, if you go to a superhero convention, because it's more out there and and talked about and promoted and stuff like that, more people seem to know about it. And then when you have a horror show, it's you feel more connected to it because this is our thing. Not everybody cares about this as much as we do. So you know. It, it, it makes it tighter, like you said, or at least seem that way. Right. And uh, I know that, you know, Florida has uh, Spooky, which is like the b- biggest and, you know, for the longest time was the only really like horror convention uh, right. here. Uh, have you been to any of the horror conventions outside of uh, Florida? Outside of Florida? No, I moved to Tennessee for a couple years and there was one there and I can't remember its name, but I, I worked so much that I never got to it. I lived in, in Cookville, and I believe it was in Chattanooga, I believe. I could be wrong because I never went to it, but I never went to another one outside of there. I have been to one chiller in New Jersey in 2003, and that, yeah, was, that was, a, was a fun show. Yeah, um, you know, out in the, the horror convention world, I mean, there's Chiller. Uh, I don't even know if Walker Stalker's around with all the stuff that they had going on mm-hmm. with them. Uh, Day of the Dead, I believe, is another convention, uh, which mm-hmm. they, they have one in Vegas now, which I guess did very well. Um, and then the Horror Hound uh, and Mo- Monster Party, I think, is, mm-hmm. is the other one. Yeah, I think there's, that's this weekend, I believe. There's yeah, and that's in Carolina, right? I think it's in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, uh, never, I've never been to one outside of Florida. I've lived in Florida since 1981. Uh, other than like three years when I moved to Tennessee. So I've been here most of my adult life moved here yeah. when I was seven. So is this uh, your first uh, go around in the convention circuit or have you ran other shows before? I've never run another show before. This is the first time as an owner, owner and promoter. Um, I've been going to conventions since probably 87. I used to go to some of the Vulcan old Tampa Star Trek conventions when I was younger. And then I started going to the show I'm at now, which is called Necronomicon. And it's a uh, horror site, less horror, but more like Cthulhu type stuff. Um, A lot of authors, a lot of authors are at that show. Yeah, it's very literary, literary, uh, Star Trek, Doctor Who. It's a a smaller show. It got pretty big probably around 2004, 2005 was its peak. And then it got a little bit smaller. It's just, it's a tighter knit family show. It's a nonprofit uh, sci-fi club that owns it and runs it. Um, they do charities with kids and canines and things like that. So it's, it's, it's nonprofit, but it's a, it's a nice show. That's really cool. So uh, how long ago did you start thinking, you know, Hey, I want to do a show. About 2017 or 18. I was like, you know, like you said, there wasn't anything else going here besides spooky. And um, I had been to Spooky probably five times and then, you know, hadn't gone back in quite a while. And then I decided to take a shot. Let's take a shot and try to build something, try to have another option. 
Yeah. So what were some of the, the obstacles that you had to go through to, uh, you know, start up your own show? Um, obstacles wise, just, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of departments that go into running a show like this. You got to find your venue, got to find places that'll let you do it. Um, things like that, put your proposals out to different venues and things like that. Find people that you can work with that are, that are knowledgeable in the areas like AV people or security people, guest security registration. You want to, you know, you, you can't just, a lot of people think that you just call up a hotel and say, I want to hold the con there. And then within three weeks you have a con there and it doesn't work that way. There's all kinds of things you have to put in place ahead of time you know, rent the hall. And it's not just, you know, I want to rent your banquet hall or your ballroom, you know, well, you got to do that. Then you got to, if you're at a hotel, you got to have room nights assigned to that as well. So. And insurance and all insurance, that. fire marshals, you got to have the drapes in the right spot and the coverings on the tables got to be flame. You know, it's all kinds of different things. Yeah. You're going to run fog. You have to do different, different code restrictions for that. So it's quite an undertaking. Wow. Yeah. So for anybody that's just joining us, we're talking with Anthony Greco, uh, Phantasm Orlando. Uh, and for those that don't know what we're talking about, what is Phantasm Orlando? Phantasm Orlando is a new horror and haunt convention in the Orlando area. Um, we're doing something different than other conventions. We are having an indoor haunt and escape room experience. It's almost 3,000 square feet uh, large. Um, and... Uh, it's going to be really, really cool. It's very, it's professional done. It's not like, you know, just setting up a tent or something like that with, you know, little scary areas in it. Um, we have a celebrity guest track and celebrity guests coming. We have a lot of local horror authors, um, uh, shock reel cinema film festival. This is our second annual film festival. So we have that going on Saturday night and that is a separate entity but it's hosted at Phantasm. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of like, uh, you know, guests and stuff, what kind of celebrities you got lined up? Well, this year, because we have the new Halloween movie coming out, Halloween Kills on the 15th, we have James Jude Courtney, who is the current shape himself, Michael Myers. We have Nicholas Ke- uh, Nick Castle, who was the original Michael Myers from the 78 film. Will Sandon, who was young Michael. Uh, in the prologue, he is there. Uh, PJ Souls, which um, and her boyfriend Bob, John Michael Graham are going to be there. Tom Atkins, Stacy Nelkin, uh, Bai Ling from The Crow and Star Wars Episode Three will be there. Marley Renfro, who is the body double for Janet Lee in the original Psycho, she's really excited to come out. Nice. So I believe she's one of the few remaining cast or crew from that film, from Hitchcock's original film. Uh, so that's Camille definitely Bridges. someone you're going to want to meet. Oh, yeah. She she oh, brings shower definitely. curtains and signs, shower curtains and things like that. She, <laughs> she seems like a really fun lady. Camille Keaton. Uh, you guys. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no. I was going to say you guys also have, like, Jeff Daniel Phillips on there. Yeah. Richard Brake is on there. Poncho there. From, from 31. They're all there. They were our latest additions. Yep. We had a couple uh, people that had to back out for various reasons and we found a couple uh extra people to come on that were excited to come so yeah like you said richard brake uh jeff daniel phillips and poncho moeller uh sean clark from horrors hollow ground is coming um 
Joe Davidson from Stranger Things. We were talking about Stranger Things a little bit in the pre-show. Mimi Craven from Swamp Thing and uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street, the, the nurse, and she was also Wes Craven's wife. So mm-hmm. Austin Janowski, Scott Tepperman, and Jim O'Rear from Ghost Hunters International. And nice. uh, Los, Los Bastardos. Yeah, this, this is going to be such a great show, man. I'm telling you, I'm so excited about it. Um, I, just looking at this list, looking at the events, I've never seen anyone tackle an escape room inside of a convention before. So I'm, I'm super jazzed to try, to try that out. We had we had a vendor that came first year that had an escape room as as their vendor booth. But this oh, is a, okay. this is one that's hosted, you know, it's another it's a third party vendor that has joined up with people that are doing the escape or doing the haunt. So, so we all know a buried alive simulator. If you want to wow, buried alive simulator, get buried. (laughs) Why do we, we don't need that. (laughs) Oh, I'm definitely doing it. it, Don't you want to, I'm definitely doing it. No. It's okay. I'll do it. So you won't have to. (laughs) You're all about, uh, you know, conquering fears. I suppose that's what, but I don't think so. If you're gonna get into the haunt, I'm not doing yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta review it, so I'm I'm going in. Yeah. So I'll leave that to you. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> uh, we all know that, you know, last year everything, you know, pretty much shut down. So uh was is this pretty much the same show that you wanted to put on last year? Um oh, or- well we we had a lot more people join that wanted to help with the show. So it's grown, I believe, because we had that extra time uh, to prepare a little bit longer. A lot of things came uh, came to fruition in January of this year, January and February. A lot of partners came on board and wanted to, wanted to help, wanted to be a part of this show and grow this show. So, And we, we appreciate every single one of them that, have, that has stepped up and been willing to help. And nice. give credit where credit is due. That they, you know, they are the ones that are helping build this to be something special. Yeah. So uh, this takes place the first through the third of October at the Rosen. Uh, what is Shingle it? Shingle Creek. Rosen Shingle Creek. Creek. Yeah. yeah. Which uh, I heard someone say that it's loosely based on the the Shining Hotel. Is that is that true? Yeah, I don't know if it's loosely based. It has it has a lot of that nice. Uh, architecture in it more I guess if you look at the 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 Native American themed big room in the shining it's got a little bit of that feel with some archways and stuff going down the halls I don't think it really looks like the shining but uh, it's definitely got a very good character to it it's not just a standard square hauled hotel room right Uh, it's a gorgeous place it's huge yeah. You want to tell us about um, your your vendors room? Like what kind of vendors that you may be uh, having there? Sure. Everyone does uh, varied uh, types of merchandise and things. We have movie posters. We have model kits. We have toys, books, DVDs, art, prints, paintings, um, you know, jewelry. They have, you know, that's the vendor's tables, you know, vendor's booths. Vendor's artist tables have, you know, jewelry, uh necklaces, uh, lamps, custom masks, custom uh, clothing, hats, you know, glasses, all kinds of different things. It's just, it's a very, you know, all horror based vendors room. 
See, this this already sounds like a fantastic show. Um, what what is the uh, the price is to get in? Uh, Fifty five dollars for a weekend pass, and then it's forty dollars for or thirty five dollars for Saturday. Uh, sorry, Friday. Then forty dollars for Sunday or Saturday, and then thirty dollars for Sunday. Nice. Uh, do you have any like uh, VIP like perks? Yes, like there's that? A, yeah, there's $120 VIP. It's uh... Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Front of the line for signatures and things like that. You tell them, show your VIP badge, and they work you into the line. Um, you get premium seating, first seating, close to any of the live shows. You're allowed into all the... Um, late night things if, if your age is you know age required to be 18 and up you can get in things like that yeah one of those is a burlesque show uh you want to talk a little bit about that well if you're which one you're talking about speakeasy sirens oh the speakeasy sirens that's right yeah yep they, they're coming back they were there first year they they're a great troop they're they're very very uh talented and they uh put on a really good show and uh, yeah, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be really. Yeah, good. I, I saw their advertisement. It's a mix of like Stranger Things and uh, Bill and Ted. Yep, yep. That's so a, just... It's a sequel to last year's show. So, oh yeah, yeah. There's a Tim Burton burlesque show, Tim Burton based burlesque show coming. Yeah, oh. we have a uh, Shadowcast Rocky Horror Picture Show. I mean, what's a horror convention without that? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. So, Omar, do you have uh, some questions here you want to ask? Well, I'm just uh, I'm I'm actually looking at at all the different events and making my own little itinerary here mm-hmm. for for me and the girlfriend to go to. Uh, I mean, just the film festivals. The uh, I I have to at the very least leave there with something signed by Tom Atkins and I have so much of his stuff to sign. He's like, I was trying to explain to my friends that he is eighties horror royalty. You know, he's, he's been in everything. The stash. He's got that eighties stash. Yeah, exactly. And he still, he still rocks it. Unfortunately, I can't grow anything in the middle here, so I can never just do a stash by itself. It's crazy because I, I like like seventies cop shows and things like that, and I'm I'm a big Rockford Files fan. And he was in Rockford. He's one of the uh, lieutenants that always gave right. him a bunch of crap. Always wanted to you know bust his chops, and he had no mustache in that. So it's like, wow, you know, going yeah. back to 
And he was also in what I think uh, is one of the better remakes, uh, My Bloody Valentine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he uh, his death was was quite interesting in that. Yeah, he got the, the pickaxe right up through the jaw. Ugh. My favorite death in that entire movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah like, it's the best one. It is so good. It's so good. You know what better what better guy to take a pickaxe right up through the right. Right yeah, and then of course, you know, you mentioned his TV credits, uh, Rockford Files. He was in Mash, which is one of the all-time oh, greatest shows. Yeah, I, that's, I'm a big Mash fan. My 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 family give me a lot of a lot of guff for that because I'll watch 11 seasons of it and start it right back over. And my wife is like, "You are not starting Mash again." I'm like, I'm sorry, I love it. Yeah, there's, so, there's always that show. Yeah. Always. So I have this question from Willow since she couldn't be here. She wants to know what is the secret to putting on a great horror convention uh, where others in big cities have failed miserably? Failed miserably? Uh, I don't know. I just like I said, it's it's finding the right mix of people that that handle the job and and where they know what they're supposed to do. They do the job to the best of their ability, and then. Uh, you know, it all comes together. It's a it's a big collaborative teamwork effort. I may be the person that came up with the idea to do the show, but I can't do it myself. I'm I'm not that person. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then I've found people that really believe in the show and they want to do something different. They don't want it to be like how mega cons or other bigger cons. And I hate to throw names out there, but other bigger cons that have gotten so commercial and so big that that amusement park feel of really wanting to go and be a part of something has been lost. I mean, anybody can make a big giant dealer's room and sell things. That's a component that should be and always will be there, but there's always something to do. You don't want it to always be like, this is what we give you. Take it, you know? So there's always something to do at any time of day. You maybe won't be able to do it all, but, Yeah, uh, there's uh, definitely the the team. You know, you surround yourself with great people, then you're going to have a great turnout. So right, and, and volunteers too. Not even just people on staff. There's people that that write in to say, "Do you need volunteers?" And they feel like they're contributing something and a part of something, and you know, it, they're not taken for granted in any way. Yeah. So how has the, the Rosen uh, taken on, like, they, they love having the show there and, and they're doing their, their thing and supporting you guys? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they First year when we gave them the proposal, they're like, yes, we want this to be here. We want to have you here, you know, and uh, it was really, really, they made some good uh, concessions like, well, we'll do this and we'll do that. And then is it something that will fit your show? Does it fit? how you want it to be. Can you grow here? And yeah, they've been great. I have nothing yeah, good things to say. Yeah. I mean, the buzz for it is phenomenal. Um, we just had Tampa comic con here. What in July mm-hmm. or was it late June? And all the horror vendors that I stopped and talked to, cause I have to stop and talk to all of them. Uh, we're, we're buzzing about phantasm. So I mean, That's it's it, we're, yeah, we're it's super that. exciting. Uh, the, a lot of local artists I know of are going to be part of the show too. That they said they were going, and um, excited to see them. Yeah, we've um, got we've got vendors coming from far, far away this time too, as well. So we had one that's I think he said it's a twenty-hour trip. 
Wow. Hi, John. And, How are you doing? <laughs> can wow. you expand on the uh, tattoo scene that's going to be over there as well? They, there's a local um, shop called Classic Ink, and it's in Bradenton. And it's uh, my friend Brandon Summers owns it. And then there's a comic shop in the front of it that's run by Ty Harris called Titan Comics. Um, they were there first year. They're going to be there again this year. And they're bringing a, uh, a special guest tattooist as well to come help them. So. Okay. Cool. Nice. Very, very cool. Yeah, we hope we hope to expand it, you know, much, much bigger next year for with a tattoo area. Tattoos and horror go hand in hand. Everyone's always got I was just saying that, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's got to have a pinhead or, or uh, the howling or something on them or Jason mask or something like that. Even wrestlers, uh, even Chris Jericho's got a big jason mask on his under yeah i'm saving uh my my right sh- shoulder for american werewolf in london yeah i, what, I want the like hellhound yeah well oh, not not horror related but last night on aew rampage uh cm punk he brought back the the trunks instead of the tights and on his uh left and right thigh uh right just above the knee he has leia and han solo yeah yeah. Well, yeah, oh. Punk's got all kinds of stuff all over him. So. Yeah, he's got some horror tattoos too, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, speaking of uh, AEW, the uh, rumor is that uh, my boy Bray Wyatt might be coming right before Halloween, be a Christmas gift, early one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, last picture I saw of him is, is he's like like cut his hair and shaved, and I don't know what what's he gonna do. I'm so used to seeing. I mean, the, the he can, he the, can do it all. So yeah, yeah. Well, the, what I heard that he may show up this Wednesday in Rochester uh, because right. that's where Brody Lee is from. So that right. would be that's cool. what I heard too. So yeah, I'll, I'll be paying extra attention on Wednesday for sure. Yeah, yeah. My, we keep uh, trying to talk him into a tattoo. We can't get him talked into a tattoo. Maybe. Well, uh, I think you should get like a giant back piece of just Sam Jackson from Pulp Fiction staring at you, motherfuckedly. <laughs> <laughs> you, have, you have no ink at all. No, I, mean, I, I don't either. I have five. You have five. I have a few. I have quite a few ideas of things <laughs> that I would want, but I just I've never pulled that trigger yet. <laughs> never pulled that trigger. There's this fine line between donating plasma to help fund some of the other things that I need to do <laughs> and getting a new tattoo. Right, yeah. Well, they're, they're, you know, tattoo fans call them collections. They're, they're collect tattoos, you know, so it's, mm-hmm. they're always looking for that next, next piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of the tattoos do, people get also have a meaning, like it, like part of it, something in their life, you know. Um, so for those that are just joining us, we have Anthony Greco from uh, Phantasm Orlando. Uh, so Anthony, as a horror fan, if you weren't running this show uh, and you were just, you know, browsing the internet, you're like, oh, Phantasm, uh, what would you be geeking out about? Uh, out of this whole, well, obviously I like I like Halloween and stuff, but probably Tom Atkins. I, I just, I mean, I love Creepshow. It's probably the horror movie I've seen the most in my life, um, especially when it was on HBO when I was a kid. And the dad in that, him playing the dad in that is just such a jerk character, you know. He gets to smack Stephen King's kid around. So it's like, 
As a matter of fact, that's actually what I'm planning to get signed. I have the replica of the creep show. Oh, book. that's cool. I distressed it all up, so I was like, can you please just Dude. roll it up and shake it at me? That's such a good you said that's a replica? Yeah, it's a replica. There's uh-huh. a there's a I can't remember the name of the guy, but he's on Etsy and he does replicas of it front and back and he does all the pages that you see in the movie. It's not the full comic because they didn't oh, wow. they didn't make it all. You know, they only made certain pages. So it yeah. replicated the the pages that you do see. And the best thing about it is the the voodoo doll comes yeah cut nice. out so you can't order it because the little Billy already ordered that to torture his father with. Well, you're going to have to give awesome. us that uh, Etsy information. because yeah, Yes, definitely. I would I love believe, to get uh, that. I believe, it's, I believe if I throw a plug out for him, I believe it's Rabid Weasel. Rabid Weasel? Rabid okay. Weasel. Yeah, I That's believe awesome. it's it. Check it out. Make sure I'm right. I don't want to give the wrong information. All right. So uh, before we you know, let you go, because like I said, you're at a show, um, what are the hours of the show? Uh let me pull that up because I don't have that right in my front of me. My apologies. Oh, that's all right. Should have been prepared. <laughs> okay. You need like registration hours or just vendor room? Uh, just hours for attendees. Okay. Let me pull it up here. Ah. Hotel Wi Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I'm not on a, like a time schedule or anything. I just, I didn't know. Give me a second. Give me a second. Then you try to do it on your phone and small. So, yeah, Omar, you know, looking at, at the show, the show looks like it's going to be a blast. Uh, and, oh, you know, I cannot I'm, wait. I'm glad that there is an option, you know, here in Florida. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we have options for theme parks. Uh, there's options for comic conventions. And now we have options right. for horror conventions. Yeah. So the hours of operation is Friday, 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. Because there's when the dealer's rooms closes, obviously there's late night panels and shows and things so we, we close at 2 a.m on friday and saturday so it's 10 to 2 and then saturday it's 9 to 2 and sunday it's 9 to 6 but the uh, uh exhibition hours are one two let 
believe uh, Friday, I believe it's one to seven. Then I'm trying to figure out how it is. No, I'm sorry. One thirty to eight on Friday. And then it's ten thirty to seven. And then ten thirty to five. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, I, I did say this to you before. Thank you for being kid friendly because there's a lot yeah. of kids out there that love horror. Yeah. And there's, like I said, you know, there's, you're going to probably see some bloody costumes and things like that. No one's going to run up and like intentionally scare the children. There's a, there's a kid, uh, kids crypt kid room on Saturday and Sunday. Um, there'll be crafts and things to do in there. And, uh, we have uh, an amateur makeup artist doing makeup on them, you know, little cuts and scratches if they would like to. Yeah, so it's yeah, we're de- we're going to be kid friendly. Yeah. Obviously, they won't be into the the, the more adult themed areas. It's kind of important if your four year old brings this home from their treasure chest. <laughs> the little Lego guy. Starting off. I mean, right. your seven year old. Why did I say he was four? Oh, you- because well, he's been a horror fan since he was four. Yeah. Yes, uh, Oliver's been a horror fan since he was four years old. He was four, look. and he couldn't say it, but he'd pull the puppet master off of the the shelf and say, "Daddy, watch." My my daughter my my daughter likes the puppet master movies, and my son really likes Blade. So yeah, he's he's Blade. I, I like Torch. As a matter of fact, I was showing Brian the other day. I got the uh, my face mask is Torch. Yeah. Who's cool. your favorite, Oliver? Who's your favorite? What's your favorite scary movie? Yeah, my my 11-year-old is into the classics right now. He went from so the Godzilla and kaiju creature features to now he wants to watch the universal horrors. So that's exciting that's good. for me. Like I said, when I was younger, it was I was a Godzilla fan, and the the classic monsters. I always like Creature from the Black Lagoon. He's my favorite mm-hmm. of those of those original. And you know, Rico Browning is is you know we want to keep him in our thoughts right now as the last living. Universal Monster. He's going through some issues right now, but we hope yeah. wish he wish him well. But uh, like I said, I, I wasn't so much into the Universal stuff growing up until you know I got older and, and watched them. But uh, yeah, it's just my my daughter is she's big on to like uh, trick or treat. She likes Sam a lot. A lot yes. of people like Sam. That character just took off. That movie just took off. Oh my gosh! Just and, instant icon. Yep. Instant. It's the new creep show, almost. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, yes. I'm surprised they actually haven't pushed for uh, for a sequel. Oh, because they, they are. They are yeah. uh, because he, you know, he did the Godzilla thing. Mm-hmm. So usually in Hollywood, what happens is you do a big movie to make the movie that you really want to make. So he's <laughs> right. he's going to do the sequel. And he did Krampus nice. too. So yeah, I think yeah he, he did Krampus. He had to do so many of something in order to get to be able to do the one he wants to do, but I'm waiting for it. Everyone is, I think. Yeah. And oh, speaking yeah. Of Krampus, uh, his naughty cut is actually coming out on 4k. Uh, oh, and really? just about, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was October or November. What yeah. A great uh, title. Time. yeah the and it's, cut, it's the, yeah. the version that, uh, nobody outside of his circle has seen. So, uh, we're excited. That's cool. Yeah, my, we watched that just this past Christmas. You know, the kids were like, I want to watch oh, Krampus. I, I'm like, okay. I love it. I love it. Yeah. So we go, we go from watching the, the Kurt Russell Santa Claus movie straight into Krampus. <laughs> I mean, the, 
that just sounds like my household right now. Kurt Russell just can do no wrong, in my opinion. He, yeah, he's just he so could, awesome. It, it, he could just play a brick wall, and I'd watch it. Yeah. I'm wondering if Netflix is going to do a, a third film in that series. I think of they the, are. Of the Christmas I th- one? I guarantee you they yeah, are. I, I think they are. It was, probably, yeah. it, was, it was good. I mean, and the first one was definitely, you know, a little bit more, you know, standard fare. The second one went in a different direction with the, you know, the, the other elf going bad and all that kind of stuff, but they're just fun. And he, he looks cool as Santa Claus, you know, I'm just just expecting him to just pull a patch out one day, you know, and just snake plisking it up, you know, know. he's just just awesome. Like I could go my entire life without a remake of escape from New York, but they are making a metal gear solid movie. And if he does not play a character in there, just a cameo yeah, of somebody, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll lose it. I'll lose it. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just awesome. He's I don't care how old he's going to be or how old, he's always going to be a badass. He just has oh, that yeah. inherent in him. That, and, he, and he can play goofy, too, and he's, you know, he's good at anything, but just he's just a badass. You just can tell, you know. Yeah. I mean – Little uh, Big Trouble Little China has such a giant impact on my like me growing up. Yeah. To the point where when I got the cease and desist for my podcast show name, I immediately changed it to the Pork Chop Express. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Immediately, I was like, nobody has this. And for a character that is the most inept action hero, I mean, that character, his buddy I mean, does everything. He is worthless, but it's just. He, he literally takes himself out of the third act. Knocks himself out. Knocks himself out. Yeah. Speaking of yeah. Kurt Russell, uh, one of my favorite films of his, which I believe is an underrated film, and more people need to see it and talk about it, is uh, Breakdown. Is finally coming out on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's um, one that really never really got released. Yeah. Um, okay. Paramount is releasing it uh, in just a few weeks. That's awesome. Yeah, just yep. I remember that. What was it? Unlawful entry with Ray Liotta. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good one too. Dark blue. I, He's just good all the time. I even love like his his kid stuff that he does. Uh, Sky High, I think, is such mm-hmm. a great little movie. Yeah. And um, my kids are really into that uh, My Hero Academia anime, it's and they beg to watch Sky High all the time yeah. because it's so similar. Yeah. And yes. Sky High was good because it. You know, you have what? You have Bruce Campbell as uh, right, right, gym teacher man, yeah. which is great, and just it's just it's just funny. Uh, Linda the, Carter's the, in there. What was the kid that was? Uh, oh, Warren Peace. Warren right, Peace. Warren <laughs> Peace because he had, he had a baddie as a father and a goodie as a mom. Yeah, conflicting personalities. His name is Warren Peace. It's so good. And my favorite scene in that is when Kurt he answers the phone and he gets all mad and smashes the phone and then he's got a drawer full of replacement yeah. <laughs> pulls out a new one mm-hmm. oh man so what are what are what is on your mount rushmore of horror films oh like my absolute favorite i'm gonna have to say that it they're they're mostly old i like the older stuff that i grew up with oh hmm so Mount Rushmore is four, right? Okay. Is what? Four people? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> I would have to put The Shining on there. Okay. I like The Shining a lot. It's 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 slow, and I can understand why some people would 
not like it, but I, I like the way it's shot. So it would be The Shining, probably Poltergeist, which isn't quite horror, but it's the scary element. Poltergeist, I think, is a perfectly made movie in terms of the ghost story, the family. I think that's, I don't think there's a better family that's ever been put on screen than those people. I think they're totally, totally believable. I think it's a great gateway horror too. Like if you're a kid and you're interested in the creepy stuff, but your parents don't want to like, you know, shock you right away. Like Poltergeist is is that movie. Yeah. I mean, other than the, you know, the guy tears his face, that's your gore. And you got the skeletons at the end, which are pretty freaky, pretty scary the way they pop up. The clown. I think the clown might be really. I'm just going to tell you, it's not, it might've been breakthrough horror win now. Like our kids are desensitized to a lot of things. <laughs> right. It's not as scary now, but when I was like young and I saw it, I didn't sleep for days. Oh yeah. And so never yeah, mind. I guess I don't count. But no, you count. <laughs> yeah. So since we're on <laughs> on, on this topic, before we ask for your other films, uh, the debate on Poltergeist is who really directed it, and there's still arguing today. Was it Toby Hooper or was it Spielberg? Look, man, Everybody. I'm a giant Toby Hooper fan. But that feels like a Spielberg movie, it, right? It does, and I think. It does. I think, but then everyone's saying, and even even a lot of the the, the higher ups are saying it was definitely Tobe, Toby, but it just has that Spielberg feel. And I don't know if it's just because of the time it was made and the crew Maybe. that Toby had that came from Stephen and the editory edit editing and all that kind of stuff. And then you got Goldsmith's music. Toby wouldn't have music like that right it's chainsaw it's, or or eaten alive or anything like that you know it just has that et era right it's it's very amblin yeah I, and I to, toby's I never have, made a movie like that i would have to default and say i concede that i think that toby directed but i think spielberg's influence was so major that it just mm-hmm. has that feel you know i mean look at look at stranger things or or um uh, what was the J.J. Abrams eight millimeter? Uh, super Super Eight. Super Eight, yep. not eight millimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Super Eight. Mm-hmm. When they're running through the, the 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 town, the little suburbia, and you got the sparks mm-hmm. going off, that sequence feels very Spielberg, and they did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. Explosions oh, with yeah. sparks are more Spielberg, and so I'm I'm gonna say Toby did it. I I hate to say it because it looks so 100 percent the other way. I I almost hate to say that it's. It's Spielberg just because of like the the mean mugs you get from the horror community for saying something like oh, that, you know? Because we all love Toby Hooper so much. Yeah, you know the uh, it's and and rest in peace. That's a quick way to get into a fight is is to it say is. that Spielberg directed it. Well, you're one of the greats. Can't you emulate something? Well, the thing because is, you're a fan of it. Like I think if he was uh, if he was side by side and was working with him and there was like this honest care about directing a movie and enjoying it then you know you kind of pick things up from people and you can adjust the way you would do things to also like pay homage to that person but well, I, think, I think how this all started was that spielberg was working on the film with toby but spielberg also had another film going on at the same time mm-hmm. so they were wondering how much uh and i guess there was issues where toby was kind of hard to work with on that set. I've heard that. I mean, I don't know. I wasn't there. Uh, But, I mean, those are the stories going around. So you have The Shining and Poltergeist. That means you got two more films. 
Shining Poltergeist. Um, I would I would say Creep Show only because, like I said, that was one of the ones I also watched the most. I like the comic, like being a comic fan, obviously, and it was just it, it's so fun and it's a hundred percent what they set that movie out to be. And even even okay, here's another thing. That's Romero, but it doesn't feel like any of the other it's Romero true. films. You know what I'm saying? It's it's yeah. each each segment. It felt like it was made the same way with completely different type styles to it, but it does not feel like a Romero movie. You can't say that he did Creepshow and then two years later or whatever did Day of the Dead. They're completely different, you know, and it's all what a combination. Which one? Though it's 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 Romero King and Tom Savini working on a movie. That's a that's a horror fan's wet dream. It's amazing. Like you couldn't ask for better. And that was the movie that that was the movie where Savini said, I finally get to make a monster and not just slash a throat. Mm -hmm. Shoot someone in the head. You know what I mean? That was his creature film and that's his I think it's his best work. And I think even he does too. Yeah. So we got that in day. And creep show wow. Oh number four. So you're a Day of the Dead fan of, of the Romero stuff? Me? Oh, yeah. Oh, most yeah, definitely. Me too. Most definitely. I actually, um, did, a, I actually I, did a Bub, uh, Bub costume uh, 2008, I believe it was. Oh, really? Pictures. Yeah. Yeah, full full dragon skin prosthetic. I, I grew my oh, hair that's out. that's super cool. I grew my hair out, bleached it, dyed it, had it thinned. Now if I grew it out, it would be perfect, but... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was full on prosthetic. Um, number four, Jaws. Even though it's not horror, yes, Jaws. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I, I actually think it is very much a horror movie. I think it's one of the most suspenseful, suspenseful movies since Hitchcock's Psycho. Yeah. Like, so, I uh, love yeah, Jaws. Yeah, I guess when you say it's not a horror movie, it's nature gone amok. Right, right. But I mean, think about it though. There's, there's still very much a monster in there, and it's still very much stalking its prey. Horror's got so many subgenres, you know. So yeah, Jaws is definitely horror. Yeah, I. Um, and the monster, it's, the monster is there even when it's not there, and that's so brilliant to solve a problem by not having a working creature, and then you know, right, all you need right, to use, exactly. you need music. And a boat pulling barrels. That's all you need. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was going to say, you you can have one honorable mention. Honorable mention. Uh, Probably Halloween. Because it kicked off. Even though Psycho is technically the first slasher movie that was ever made, Halloween made it to where horror movies weren't supernatural because you had a lot of the supernatural stuff going on in the 70s. Changeling, Omen, uh, that brought probably the a human element to horror movies back where, where it had lacked for a while. So yeah. probably Halloween. I think it also is, pushed is, it top you know I, I think it also pushed it firmly into the mainstream like horror fans have always sought after and looked for horror movies to go to mm-hmm. but when the general public is flocking 
to every showing. Yeah. That's special, man. And that's that's what Halloween did. That's what Carpenter was yeah. able to do with a synth machine and yeah, that lighting. That movie, wasn't that movie only made for like 300000 or something like that? 300000 yeah. and a bunch mm-hmm. of friends, just a bunch of buddies, yeah. you know. And then, and then, you know, Cunningham, when they made Friday the 13th, which blatantly ripped off the the feel, it was the same exact thing. Friends, mm-hmm. low budget, you know, just a name for, just a title for an idea and yeah. no idea. They just ran with it. So yeah. let me ask you this, because th- this is a, an, an ongoing argument here, uh, and Omar may uh, agree or disagree. Uh why did Halloween succeed where uh, Black Christmas didn't? That I don't know. Because a lot of people say that Black Christmas was like the the, the first one, you know, yeah. right after, after Psycho. Black Christmas, Black Christmas was definitely in the Italian feel, you know, the Giallo, you know, slasher feel, like you know, Argento and Bava and all those guys. Mm-hmm. Maybe we weren't just ready for that style, you know. The I think uh, you hit it right on the head with that. The auteur, um, more a touristic style and not a movie, you know. Because some of you watch some of the Argento stuff with the with the black glove killers. They are a strange beat. They hit strange beats. And yeah, I agree. I want they're great, but they're uneven in some of some aspects. And I don't think I don't think America was ready for it. Although you do have that, I'll go as far as which is yes, so creepy, so damn creepy. I'll, I'll go as far as saying that, um, and this might be unpopular, but uh, Halloween feels very much like an American movie, right? Like it's yeah. it's scary, but it has a beginning, middle, and a resolution. Where yeah, it's open ended, but you don't leave the theater creeped out by said ending. You're like, okay, yeah. he escaped. I have a couple summers until he comes back. Um, you know. Yeah. Uh, versus Black Christmas is so uneasy with that the voice of Billy at the end mm-hmm. that it skeeves me out even talking about it. Yeah, because it's yeah. just it's just so unsettling. It it is very giallo. I can and see I don't think. Yeah, I mean <laughs> they're all in four K for you. <laughs> What'd you say? Um, but oh, I said I could see I could see his goosebumps just talking about Black Christmas. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's. Um, I don't think the American public was quite ready to see something like that. And therefore it didn't take off the way that uh, Halloween did. Also Halloween was aimed, I feel directly at teens, right? Like he was yeah. hunting and stalking babysitters. Yeah, yeah. This was yeah, cause black Christmas was the sorority house type, you know, right. Aspect yeah. to it. Yeah. It's like, you know, like all the going back to like bird with cl- bird with crystal plumage. They're so strange. Mm-hmm. You know, and things yeah. like that. You know, deep red. They're just strange, and I don't think that. You know, Suspiria, Suspiria, and stuff like that worked a little bit better. I think she loves there. Suspiria. I mean, that's I, one of my favorite films. I think it was a different, yeah. like, it hits you different though because the beats are so weird, and because it's kind mm-hmm. of a supernatural, you know, kind of witchy vibe. It kind of it lends its to itself to it a little bit more. But that music by Goblin. Oh, yeah. Right. Goblin's always good. Matter of fact, I'm playing the ads here, and I've got the Day of the Dead Goblins going on in the background all the time. Nice, nice. (laughs) Yep. But also, I think Halloween, um, 
I, I think whatever it is is like that underlying tone of like you have one person that know that's the true nemesis of whoever and they survive throughout the whole thing. And so that that final girl like trope with Jamie Lee Curtis did finally like it really solidified everything. So a lot yeah, of yeah. those tropes and that evil never really dies. Like and even in this one that's supposedly, you know, the end coming up, it's like she's like, I'm gonna take his mask off. And I'm like, Well, there's I one more after that. There's another one. Mask off. There's one two more. more. There's this well, one and then one. I don't know. I don't want to see yeah. what's up. Well, like, they're saying that the they're I'm saying good. that the next film called Halloween Ends, which comes out next year, is is a more self contained film. So I'm mm. trying to figure out what that means. Yeah, you know. trying not to yeah, listen that's... to it. I don't. I want to. I want to see where they go with it because, you know, they've 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 started and stopped with timeline so many times in that in the series. That, oh man, more than any other, I feel like, yeah, right? Yeah. Like the the yeah. continuity for that film franchise is insane. That's why this is the only way to do it. If they want to get rid of the sister aspect, you have to start it straight from yeah. the, the sequel. And then we get to mm-hmm. see from what they're teasing, you get to see uh, how they catch them, which is like that that's gotta be that's gotta have a good payoff for him to just be caught. You know what I mean? It's gotta be good. Right. So. so since you're a big Halloween fan, uh, for people that have not seen the series, how would you recommend people to watch it since you said they have, you know, the different timelines? Up up until mm, I'm not that big a fan of H2O and Resurrection as I am the other ones. I like H2O. Um, mm-hmm. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. H- Halloween 2, I think, is my favorite. I like Dick Warlock as the shape. I like how he looks. I like how he moves. Um, I would watch one and two, and then I would rather that be the end of it. You know, for the for the original saga, I think Michael's dead at the end of two. Um, I do like four, and I do like five. I know five gets a lot of hate because of the mask and the directing and all that. I really do like five a lot. I think five looks better than four and has a little bit more of a consistent, I don't know. I wouldn't say consistent tone, but I don't know. I think the characters are better in it. I'm not that big a fan of the the characters in four, but I would probably go one and two and then stop. And then I would probably go depending how the, these next two go with the current timeline. If I had my, my say. 
I, but I love three as a standalone. I oh yeah. I mean, everyone everyone shits on it, but man, I think it's so good, so creepy. Oh yeah, that's required uh, October viewing for me. Oh, every yep, year, thirty one days of Halloween. That's one. That's on there. Yeah. Same. So yeah, you know, we're, we're talking about Halloween, and then you you bring up Halloween three. Did you guys ever see uh, Sean Clark's Horror Hollowed Grounds on Halloween 3 when he goes to the sets? Yeah, and they wouldn't let him in? Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, oh you're talking about when you went with Tommy Lee Wallace? Yeah, and they get bitched out by the meth head or whatever? In the Yeah, the guy, he wanted to, like, fight Sean Clark and stuff. That was <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's talked to me a little bit about it before, and he's, he's had interviews and stuff where he's talked to people about it, how, yeah, it was a big thing, and then the, the, the actual owner of the property came out and told to shut the hell up and go back inside and let him finish filming. So, <laughs> so you know, what Sean Clark does, uh, he, he's done something that no other person has done. Uh, and would you like to see more of these done for uh, horror films? Oh, the horror style ground? Of course. Yeah, he does. He's doing so many of them right now that he says he's got on the back burner that he's got to finish editing and get out there. He just went to the Buffalo Bill house did a whole silence of the lambs location shoot stayed overnight in the house. I think he said he was the first person to stay there as a bed and breakfast. So that's pretty cool. But I would, I, horses I love, playing the entire time. Uh, well, he went down in the basement and they've got the flag up and they've got the lights going and all that <laughs> stuff. So he says that Ooh. the owner is planning to put the well in there. He is going to dig the well. Nice. For, nice. For tourists to look at. Yeah. I, I love, I love making up stuff. I, I'm a big you know, behind the scenes guy. My kids call it the talking of. They come and, you know, I'll be watching some and they go, is this the talking of? I'm like, yes, I'm watching the talking of. So <laughs> I love it. I like yeah, how it's made. Oh, same here. Uh, th- that's yeah. why I'm a big fan of the whole like physical media versus digital because you get all those special features. Uh, yeah. and I, I love how movies are made and I want to find out how certain things, you know, how they came up with ideas and stuff. And that just intrigues me. And Nicole's been getting it into it. Yeah. I, I too. Love it. Brian is one of those. Brian's one of those people is like, I was always into the paranormal stuff. So if it was supernatural, I was down. And if there were vampires, I was, I was there, but I wasn't really there for the slasher stuff. And he still to this day laughs at me because I run when I hear motorcycles. I don't know why. You know exactly why. I do know why. Freaking chainsaws. But you didn't realize that I had been chased by a chainsaw before, and that's why I also don't go to haunted houses. So I'm scarred. I, I really was. I was scarred by chainsaws way before I met you. But um like watching a lot of the behind the scenes and like talking to hearing people talk about their characters, it was like this is why people are so excited about holding on to horror because they love what they did. They love what they created and they mm-hmm. love the people that still, you know, carry the torch for them kind of. And I think that's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so she, so she probably watches stuff like this too. Cause my wife does that. So yeah, <laughs> you know, and, but she, she likes to hold on to when she's watching it. That's real. She, those are the characters, you know what I mean? She doesn't want to know that they stood around for seven hours before they filmed a reaction or a death scene or something like that. She invests in what she's watching with anything, you know, like when they redid the Star Trek and they got the new cast, 
She's like, well, that's it. They can't play anything else ever. They are Kirk. They are Spock. They are Sulu. They are, you know, she invests in it like that, you know, so. It is hard to see other people in the roles because you're like, wait, what? And maybe that's why Brian's like, well, he was so, ins-. I'm like. <laughs> I do it all the time. I, I can't shut up. I was I'll, like, I'll how? Watch a movie and go, hey, that was so-and-so. And she's like, will you shut up? <laughs> it's like right now uh, they I'm call me Wiki Omar at home <laughs> Wiki Omar yeah nice Brian remembers but Brian remembers names and stuff so, like I've seen pictures of people like I was going through the the um, the schedule and stuff and I was like I have a feeling that I probably know who these people are but I don't know who they are because I don't know anybody's real names. Like Brian will know their real names right. and he'll be like, he was this person and da, 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 da. And I'm like, I am okay. <laughs> yeah. My wife said, which she's that way. Like, I- the pirate- What's that? I said, which that? one of these movies have I seen? Like, what do I know them as? Yeah. I always say, you know, I always go back to this one instance, like when I got with my wife and the Pirates of the Caribbean movies were coming out. And she was talking about something and she was talking about another movie. And she goes, oh, yeah, I think uh, Johnny Depp, I think his name was. It's like, you think his name is Johnny Depp? It's like the top actor right now. You think you think his name is Johnny Depp? I always bust her chops on that one. Uh, that's how she is. Yeah. So, Anthony, do we need to let you go? Or do you just want to hang out with us? Uh, I probably should get going. I don't know. I'm meeting somebody and stuff. I can hang out, but... Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna learn about Omar. Yeah, a uh, little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Omar has joined our team, uh, and Omar, uh, what kind of cool things do you have planned for Reels and Heels? Well, uh, one, let me just say thank you again for giving me this chance to write editorials for you. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Uh, with it being uh, the spooky season, uh, I got a few ideas for editorials down the pipeline. Um, my first one, I really want to touch base on a project that I've been following really closely, and that's Rob Zombie's The Munsters. Um, when I was a kid, I loved watching The Munsters over and over again. And, uh, you know, eighth grade was my first concert ever, and it was a Rob Zombie concert. So this is kind of a melding of weird worlds that I get to enjoy as an adult now. Um, and I would like... Everything so far that I've I've heard rumors about that I've seen, he's very he's posting a lot of stuff for the fans. Like they're rebuilding from the ground up, thirteen thirteen Mockingbird Lane in Budapest right now. Um, strong rumors are that um, Mr. Phillips is is in the movie as Herman. So I I you know I don't know that for sure, but I may try to bribe him with some craft beer. I don't know. I don't know. We'll, we'll find <laughs> out next week. Him? Yeah. Uh, we'll find out next week if I can get any information out of him. <laughs> but, but I'm very, very excited to meet him. And, and so I just want to touch base on that and kind of talk about um, the rumors and the excitement for for the project. Uh, and, and then after that, man, we're going to be – I'm going to be busy because um, starting on the 5th, uh, all these streaming networks are going to start putting out their their Halloween specials and stuff. Netflix has that uh, Escape the Undertaker uh, special that I'm looking forward to. Um, 
Of course, um, I'm gonna. We've talked about it for a little bit now, but I'm gonna be review, reviewing uh, the Phantasm Convention, and I'm super excited about that. Kayla and I will be there to uh, experience everything it has to offer and, and report back to to everyone on it. I hope we pass. I hope we pass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, something tells me you guys are going to. Something tells me. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's my first horror convention, so yeah, yeah, we've. We've uh, been here since 2012, and we just never have gone to a horror convention. So, well, spooky was always too expensive. It was yeah, always it was, it was expensive. It's always the beginning of the school year, and it's like our summer funds have been depleted. So it's like, well, we don't have any real cash to go. Right. And I, Brian, is always like, you have to. You said you you promised you'd go to haunted house with me, and I'm like, yeah, but. I'm a wuss. And you like, don't go to you don't go to horror nights or hollow scream or because you don't. Like I told them I would. I told them I would, but I really have this like thing of people jumping out at me. Like I really, I just for whatever stupid reason, it just, I, I just can't do it. So like if I even think that they're gonna jump out at me, I'm already freaked out. So. Oh boy! So horror nights will be fun. I think I would be a terrible person to go with. Like, I really do. Like, I might get arrested for punching somebody. Like, <laughs> you know, that's one of the things is, like, I've always wondered about, you know, obviously cast members there have to sign a release that they won't, you know, someone could hit them. You can't hit back. You know, you you, you just got to take it. It's. I would be pretty nerve-wracked at that, knowing that at yeah. any given moment somebody's boyfriend could – knock me in the face for scaring him or something. You know what I mean? It's it wouldn't be Brian's. He would be laughing and I would be punching them because I, that's my fight or flight. Like I'm like, either I'm going to scream and pee my pants or I'm going to punch you. Like sometimes both. Right. Awesome. Like, <laughs> you know, just I'll do what it is. So, so here's a, a story, extra clothes. a story that we've told that I've told before. Nicole doesn't like me telling the story. This You're is mean. why she's afraid of uh, chainsaws and stuff. We were living in Las Vegas, and we saw the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie uh, that was released. Uh, it was the the prequel to the remake. Uh, it was the first the one be- I'd ever beginning? seen. Yeah, beginning? Yeah, beginning. And uh, so it was a late night showing, and we saw the movie theater was at a casino. So we were parked in a parking garage, and the parking garage was pretty empty. So we're walking through and a motorcycle starts and it sounds just like a chainsaw. And all I see is that I turn and she's gone. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 I'm running to the car. He's like, what are you running for? And I'm like, I'm running and away this, from the, whatever that is. And then the motorcycle just drives by. He's laughing. His so ass. He thought it was, the I have a movie. similar story. Uh, Halloween Horror Nights one year, they were doing, um, it was like they they had all the 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 icons there, right? They had a, a Leatherface house, they had a Jason house, they had a Freddy house, and oh, the I Jason house. Uh, I went with my best buddy, his girlfriend that he was he had just started dating, and then my like high school sweetheart who we had been dating solid for like two years at that point, right? And um, my buddy Kyle hears the chainsaw and just blitzes, just jukes out his girlfriend because she was in front. Just leaves? She's completely just like, you know, pulls an Adrian Peterson on her and like darts. And my immediate reaction is to follow suit. Yeah, because you don't know. And that was the 
of the relationship between me and my high school sweetheart. Uh, she she promptly dumped me right afterwards. And uh, you know what? Don't blame her. I hope she's doing well. <laughs> no, no regard for her. You just bolt, huh? It's, it's like, you know what? It was obviously not meant to be. We all know who I was going to choose in that situation. <laughs> so yeah. that's not love. That's well, not love. We're, we're going to have to let Anthony go because it looks like people are coming up to his table. Yay. Yeah. Yay. So yeah, thank good. you. That's good. Yeah, thank you, guys. Nice to I'm meet uh, you both. And then I'll see you all in a next week. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see you Anthony, next week. I might just visit you today. We'll see. Yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll see you. Are you going to be dressed like windows from the thing? Most definitely. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for Take joining easy, us, guys. Anthony. Thanks for having me on. All right. So, Phantasm Orlando, October 1st through the 3rd in uh, the Rosen Shingle Creek. Yes, sir. Thank you very okay. much, guys. All right. Thank you for awesome. joining us. Thank, Thank you. you Bye-bye. Omar, that's going to be fun. Dude, I am so pumped for this. I am so excited. Can we just say that I've never met a promoter that's been so, like, down to earth? Yeah, exactly. And who's just, um, he seems to genuinely love everything, right? Like, it's not, I don't want to like throw out like names of people I've met in the past, but like I've met a decent amount of promoters of like horror conventions in particular. Um, and they're just not all as cool. Yeah, I know. Uh, you know, it's a sad truth about these things. reminds me of Tony Khan a little bit. Like he's a fan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and anybody who is willing to come and just talk about whatever, like, he's like, I appreciate you putting the name out there, but yeah, let's talk core. I think that's kind of cool, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. So, I'm, did you have a chance to check out Rampage last night? No, but it's on my, my to-do list. It's Sundays is when I usually catch up on things, you know, with the, uh, with the foot injury and stuff, uh, I've been dragging myself into a early coma every night <laughs> but it's getting better it feels good I'm, i don't have the cane today so i feel i feel pretty good that's good uh it, it was a great show uh it opened up with punk and hobbs i won't tell you how it went uh i mean it was a great match uh punk mm-hmm. definitely still has has it uh and i didn't see as much there's no ring the, rest i'm sorry yeah there's no nice nice um, I am, I am, I was, I'm a big proponent, proponent of the, the women's wrestling. So like, I loved WWE's like push towards it, but I am super excited about watching these women. Like, the DeRosa is freaking amazing. I mean, like, she can cut a promo like nobody's business. Like, I mean, is it just me or do the... The, does the talent in AEW just seem to just have more life in them? Mm-hmm. Like they're genuinely excited to do the show versus like in the WWE, you'll always have your mainstays though. I mean, the people that are good at the business are good at the business, but like for right. such a big roster, you get a lot of phoned in matches lately. And it's, it's mm-hmm. a little unfortunate. It's, I hate to criticize them, but it's the truth right now. It just yeah. seems like there's turmoil in the back. And it's it's leaking into the performances. I mean, look what they did with the uh, NXT. Uh, that yeah, and some people are okay with it. I'm I'm not one of them. Um, 
I'm not uh, too I happy mean, they about have a great, this. Year. They have a, a few great talents still there in NXT, and then some of the new guys. I mean, come on, Rick Steiner's son, but they're not going to call him a Steiner. What's up with that? I mean, not well, yet. What? Wait, wait, wait till that character crashes and burns, and then they're going to redo it. Like. I could see that happening. Well, then what happens to the guys that have really cut their teeth in NXT and then they move them to this, to something totally different and what happens to them? Like they, they kind of disappear and they get lost in the card. And well, right now, that's not fair. exactly it. I mean, Champa is, is the champion of NXT there now. And he's one of the, the original NXT guys. Uh, Kyle Riley is still there. Robert Strong. But I mean, it, are are they gonna let them go uh, to the? Main uh, I can, or are they gonna let them go? Like I th- see you later. I think we're looking at a cut. Um, I don't think Vince cares even a little bit about what they're doing over there, and he just wants it to feed new talent. And unfortunately, that means that a, a lot of guys are um, are, are going to be going elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but with with. Uh, Promotions like AEW, um, you know, the market, it's it's not so scary anymore, mm-hmm. you know, to to lose the gig at, at the WWE. It's it's not so scary. You, I mean, there's there a lot are of other options now. now. There's a lot of options. AEW is not yeah. the only one. There's New Japan. There's Ring of Honor. There's mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Impact, which is coming back. Uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, NWA, uh, Billy Corgan is running a great promotion over there. A lot of people are talking about it. But I also think that now that they have a lot of the older guys that have come back to a lot of these other promotions, that they feel like they'll have still a place to learn and, and hone their craft. And mm-hmm. I just feel like, you know, it's like I'll I'll give Taz a lot of shit on, on Rampage and everything that I watch that he commentates because he's so annoying. Um, I told Brian last night, I said, I just want to punch him in the face. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> but, um, but he's so good at what he does that, you know, he, he starts fires and kind of like sucks you into the story and you're excited about what's happening. I and- mean, well, look, look who's under Taz and, and team Taz that he, that he is, uh, helping his son, his actual, his son, Hook. Uh, and then Will Hobbs, uh, Ricky Starks. Uh, don't sleep on Ricky Starks. He's going to be a big star one of these days. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of the guys wrestle now. Like uh, I've only been watching religiously right. for a couple of weeks. Ricky, but... Ricky Starks was on commentating on Rampage this this week with uh, Taz. Uh, and Ricky Starks' character right now. <laughs> Did I stay awake for that? <laughs> Did I fall asleep? You. It's all right. It's all right. I understand. You're I'm a sorry. teacher. Uh, Ricky Starks, his character is reminiscent of when The Rock was with the Nation of Domination. Okay. Uh, and when The Rock got cocky, that's how Ricky Starks is right now. Uh, so there's a lot of parallels there. We saw what happened with The Rock. Yeah, you know, it's funny that um, out of all these successful superstars that, that have come out of uh, the WWE – um, you don't see many people try to emulate the rock as much. You see people do their every few years there's a new Ric Flair or a new Shawn Michaels, which you know it's one and the same. Um, but you never really you see that with Miles into that list, <laughs> you know, a- AJ and um, oh shoot, what was the one? Uh, Ziggler, Dolph Ziggler was yeah. was, was very was very Shawn Michaels esque, 
in there. Um, but you don't see many people try to pull the rock, you know, that, that shtick. Um, and I always find that very surprising because you would think that like, that's the path to success. Yeah. Uh, if you have a, a you don't chance, see a lot of people try to emulate John Cena either, really, because I think that a lot of their character is really who they are, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the way they would deliver lines, the way they would say something, the way they would, you know, just the way they would carry themselves. I think a lot of it's that way. I don't think, I, I don't think it would be a recipe for success for anybody else. Yeah. So, Omar, have you had a chance to watch uh, Dark Side of the Ring? Uh, and if so, how many episodes have you seen? I've seen a few of them. I kind of jumped around on them. Um, let me think. I obviously saw the... Uh, that's the one that had the Montreal Screwjob episode, yeah. right? Yeah, so I, I obviously saw that. I think that's the first one I watched. saw the Macho Man one because uh, that was my favorite wrestler. Uh, I just recently saw the um, the Plane Ride from Hell. Do you want to talk about that one? Special? Yeah, yeah, we can. All right, so uh, we'll start with you. What were your thoughts when you saw that, and how how does it make you feel about certain people? Ah, man. So, um, and you can be brutally honest; it doesn't matter. It it's conflicting, right? Because you don't want to say something that sounds like you're condoning behavior. Because mm-hmm. I'm not, you know. Obviously, I think uh, Ric Flair was in the wrong. And what he was doing, and you can't blame everything on alcohol and coke all the time, even if you are made up of 98% of it. Um, mm-hmm. I tend to believe that, you know, it was heat of the moment partying and that he genuinely didn't intend for things to escalate. Um, that being said, like, what do you, what do you, like, where does the punishment go there? You know, like, I personally think he should get in front of it and apologize uh, to everyone, to the fans, regardless of what they're they're thinking. And, you know, maybe lie low for a little while until uh, and he'll be back. Um, he's he's got enough of a following that the people will always figure out a way to forgive him as long as he's not a piece of garbage about it. Right. Yeah. Um, We've seen it in other situations with other uh, older wrestlers. I mean, the Hogan situation did blow over, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, whether you like that outcome or not, that's the truth of the matter. You know, he came out, he apologized, whether it was sincere or not, is not up to us to decide. And I mean, the fans overall forgave him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I know a lot of people right now are coming down on Tommy Dreamer because the Ooh, comments yeah, he made. He's getting serious heat. Uh, I mean, the comments he made were like today, like Tom, today he was, uh, you know, it wasn't like old comments. Right. So, right. Well, he is like, well, you know. That's just the way the boys were. <laughs> and I mean, it's one of those things where, dude, you don't have somebody like, advising you to keep your mouth shut about this thing like nobody's telling you this is a bad idea well i mean he he got uh suspended from both busted open and uh impact Mm -hmm. wrestling 
Uh, and then he went and he apologized, but then he turns around and says, you know, a whole other host of things. So it's like, right. Exactly. Are you really sorry? Like, um, Ric Flair's approach was, I've already talked about this extent, to, you know, to extent with these other people that have covered this yeah. wild part of my life. And so I don't feel like I need to say anything. Well, here's the thing. Like, why not? Like, how are we so sure that the what you said before was true? Yeah, because what he's alluding to was the interview he did with ESPN for the 30 on 30 special that Ric Flair did, what was it, a couple years ago? Right, right. And, I mean, look. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Pride is a huge Achilles heel because at the end of the day, this is not the hardest thing he's ever had to do, you know, to come out and apologize. What? One more time. Just get ahead of it and just be like, look, you know, I did say, you know, I, I did address this before, but for those who are just hearing about this now to the, the fans, to the people I hurt, here we go. Like, it's not a hard thing to do. It doesn't take that much time out of your day to do so. Just empathize. Realize that people are still hurting and that you can do something about that. Yes. And it's not money. It's admitting yeah. money. Like, I feel yeah. like you threw money at her and she had no choice but to take it. And so having dealt with this whole escapade of not just one time, but multiple times over the course of that time that they were all over there that she had to deal with this or something would happen to her job. She's thinking her livelihood overall. And then, you know, nobody wants to be harassed when they go to work and not everybody can take it. Like and I'm going to look and at she people wasn't and the I'm going to, she wasn't the only one. There was other flight attendants that, you know, uh, Scott Hall had, yeah, Dustin Ronald uh, Rhodes. You know, they didn't go mm-hmm. forward and, and say as much as she did. And I don't think that we should condemn her. But I do think that she should have spoke out for everybody else. And I know that back then we weren't in a place where we could. And even now we still aren't. Is that, you right. know, we need to not be afraid of speaking up and saying this person treated me like shit and I deserve better. And, you know, they're never, he's never going to apologize in that way. And it's a a shame, but at the same time, it's the climate we're currently living in. You know, Tommy Dreamer says, well, you're always going to offend somebody. Well, or, you know, she shouldn't have taken the money then. She should have taken it to court. And I'm like, then you don't understand that. You pressured her. Yeah. You don't understand the, the emotional toll that that kind of treatment puts on somebody. It's like, I can say, I can say that I wouldn't let it happen, but I've never been in the situation. So how do I know how I would feel and adjust to it after it happened to me? I can say, you know, I want to be there for women that have gone through that and fight for them and please, you know, fight for everybody else who has to go through it. But at the same time, it's like, maybe that's all she felt she had right then. 
I think this is a topic that uh, down the line we'll have to do an episode on just Dark Side of the Ring. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it, as a show, it is fantastic. Uh, it is one of the best wrestling documentaries uh, out oh, there. Oh, yeah, they're fascinating. They're great. Yeah. So you would never think that wrestling, you know, things would make you cry, but I cried during the Chris Benoit show, the Chris Benoit one. Brian I cried Pillman. during the Brian Pillman, the Owen Hart, mm-hmm. the, the Eddie Owen Hart really gets me. You know, like, and then the the newest episode is about Chris Canyon. I can tell you right now, it's gonna make Nicole cry. Yeah, I mean, they oh, live these like, like carnival circus lifestyles where they are literally working you know every single day of the year and that will mentally break down anyone let's not let's not even bring in the physicality of what they do just mentally like how does the same person do that for that long yeah it it, it doesn't exist you know This is, like I said, this is definitely a future episode, and uh, you're going to have to come back and join us after you, you've seen a few more episodes. Oh, for sure. Of that. Yeah. Um, yeah, since, since uh, hanging out with you, my, my love of pro wrestling has been reignited big time, and I'm, like, digesting more and more content, like, every day. It's just like, well, I got to make room for this, too, and do this and catch up on this show. Yeah, and then uh, you know I uh, kind of helped you out there with that TNT app. So <laughs> well, you more than helped me out. You more than helped me out with that. It and was... the kids appreciate you for that too, because now they can watch AEW with their dad. Yes, it's really like like honestly, I always like 1998. I think like the first time that I went to a live show at you know, which I understand it was WCW, WCW and WWE then, but you know. Like that was the last real, you know, like amount of time that I really spent watching it until we got together. And then I was like, it's the same. Like after a while, you didn't have to watch it every week because you didn't really care, you know? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, they'd bring certain people back that I was invested in. Right. And then they did what they did with the women's division. And I was like, okay, you know, I can get back behind this. And then, um, and then Brody Lee died and I didn't know much about Brody Lee, but I didn't, but I watched the way they both handled it. And I was like, you know, that's kind of sad. Like mm-hmm. this was a person who wrestled for your company and you didn't honor him in any way. Right. And I just felt really sad. And I was like, well, you know, there's always going to be a little bit of a draw wherever edges I'm going to be there. Um, you know, Bianca Belair, I can't really, I can't really walk out on her either. You know, like she deserves so much more, but at the same time, how long before she decides to jump ship too? Yeah, because they well, didn't do her any favors either. Yeah, so I well, I do want to bring this up, but go ahead and ask what you. Oh, uh, I was going to say that you know I I grew up in the Attitude Era, you know, watching that stuff. I mean, I I had been familiar with with what came before because my dad would rent you know Royal Rumbles and WrestleManias for us to watch, and I could see all the past ones. Um. But then, you know, there was a point in my life where I just completely like petered off and I didn't I didn't know these new wrestlers anymore and they they weren't anything to me. And then Bray Wyatt shows up with his, you know, uh, Cape Fear cult cultist character 
And I was just like, this... it was kind of like a deliverance type. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, man, this guy is, this is the heir to the Undertaker. This is who they gotta gotta put their their eggs in the basket with. Mm-hmm. You know, they tried to they tried to make a cane for a while. They tried so many times to like they had the boogeyman. They tried so many times to do to replicate what was special about the Undertaker, and they never could. And then. Bray Wyatt shows up and just completely steals every every show. His rivalry with Cena, with Reigns. I loved I ate all those promos up. The the weird Mr. Rogers like puppet playtown uh thing that he does. Yeah, the firehouse venture, which is a complete callback to House of a Thousand Corpses with Rob Zombie. Uh with the firehouse with the Firefly clan and um, you know, his, the Tom Savini mask that looks something straight out of what Corey Taylor would wear in Slip and Slipknot. Like uh, when they let him go, I was like, Oh, y'all done messed up real bad because if he goes to AEW, that's where my, my main focus is going to be. Now Uh you're going to be the other show. Yeah, and he's very yeah. uh, creative. Like, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, WWE will say that they created the Fiend, which is BS. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean you can tell, right? You can tell how much influence he has on his characters. Yeah. So where wherever he goes, uh, the two that are sparking interest right now is Impact and uh, AEW. Uh, as a fan of Bray Wyatt and a, a newly found love or re-love of wrestling, I, I don't know, uh, a re-spark of re-kindled. interest, a rekindle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Renewed my vows, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> where where do you uh, see him fit better if it was Impact versus AEW? I think, I mean, I think he's going to do great no matter where he goes, as long as he's given the creative freedom he needs to, like, really develop his characters. But I can't say that I wouldn't want to see him in AEW right now, feud with, with the likes of Kenny Omega and Danielson and Punk. And, like, I think you could do some really special stuff with him and Sting, some stuff that we maybe didn't get with The Undertaker and Sting. Like it would be really amazing. You just have uh, to have would, the guts to let him would, run. Would with you it. pair him with the Dark Order? Pair him in, like, as far as like um, align him or yeah. make. I think I would go the other direction and have him feud. Like have him disrupt them. his own, like a creator yes. of his own stable. As opposed like to basic, exactly like basically like I'm gonna take everything from you. I've arrived. Like how cool would that be? We talked about goosebumps earlier. Like I got him right now, man. I'm just talking about him. Yeah. So if he indeed does go to AEW and he shows up this Wednesday in Rochester, which is the home of Brody Lee, uh, I think it will be more than goosebumps with you. I think you will be. Uh, Okay, uh, I'll have I'm to shoot the action of screaming. <laughs> <laughs> but but let me just say that I 
very much enjoyed the turn that he gave the the opportunity that he gave to Alexa Bliss. That yes. that yes. was that was a turn to her character that I think needed to happen. Um, people needed to see her as a as a little bit more of a contender, a little bit more brutal, a little bit more. And she's you know, making it work. And she's yeah, really, yeah. You know, she's killing it. So I was going to say, what an awesome character that is, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, you couldn't, like, you know, give a little bit of slack on the leash for these guys. I mean, everything he touches is gold. I can't think, I mean, besides The Undertaker himself, it's really hard to reinvent your character and stay relevant in the eyes of the fans. And he's done it, what, three times? Yeah. Yeah. And let me ask and then he, how many second or third generation wrestler outshines their predecessor? Their parents. Their parents. Uh, so there's not, there's not many. There's, I mean, Randy Orton no. definitely outshines yeah. his dad. Right. Uh, Bray yeah. Wyatt definitely outshines his dad. Um, and I, I, I I'd be hard pressed to argue anyone else because as much as I enjoyed what uh, Dustin Rhodes did, it, Dusty's so iconic. You know, people still fondly remember him, and I just don't think he he was able to get out of that shadow. Uh, I think Cody, uh, not on the like in ring wrestling stuff, but the behind the scenes stuff, kind of is on par with his dad because you know, of course, Dusty did have you know was in charge of his own company back in the day. Yeah, I think years from now, we're going to look back at Cody's career and say he definitely did surpass. He, he'll be the most successful uh, of that that lineage, of that legacy. Um, I don't know if people are ready to say that yet, but um, I, I can definitely see that happening. I think he has, he has cashed in on it a little bit, calling himself the American Nightmare, mm-hmm. because as he's very much different from his father. Like... There's a dichotomy there. There's a little bit more ruthless. Like there's there's a lot about Dusty in the ring that was still very lovable, no matter what he said. I mean, he was and, that you know that just all like you know regular American, you know, yeah, the and son of a plumber man, you know. And there's an air yeah. of of Cody that you just fucking hate, like. Uh, just just the way he walks some there's something about him that i just don't like Wh- whatever that whatever that air that he puts out on tv is like he's a good heel here we go you know, he's uh, a great heel he is very he much is in really the- good he he at first when he got let go from wwe and this was before AEW was a thing and he was wrestling the indies and he went to new japan and did ring of honor you know he was bad mouthing triple h he has become triple h yeah he has. He's sort of. Uh, I liken him a lot to the Miz and his character. I think that they're very similar, and I think that's partly why they felt good letting him go and cutting ties because they they inhabit that same kind of space, right? Yeah. But right. yeah, behind the scenes wise, he's totally Triple H. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So uh, I told Nicole this the other I day. I still don't think that we need a reality show following him around, though. <laughs> Probably well, not. That, that's gonna be like who did it better, Cody or the Miz? You know, I right. I like Miz and Mrs. I think that show is hilarious. 
but okay, we haven't. In all fairness, but that we haven't seen enough about Brandy either, so we don't know how they're going to play yeah, off. The, like, the difference Mar- is Maurice is not is not the uh, she's not the Maurice that went to the ring. Like she's not even the same person. Right, but the the Sorry, difference is is that they're wrestlers. Well, where the Cody and Brandy thing, we're going to see them. Yeah, they're the behind the scenes because like, he actually is part of a, like AEW. So. We're going to see a lot of that stuff, which that intrigues me to see the behind the scenes stuff of AEW. Um, so I told this to Nicole the other day that Kenny Omega before Grand Slam on Wednesday uh, was being interviewed. And the interviewer asked if uh, you can sign anybody right now to join AEW, who would you sign? The first person he mentioned was Roman Reigns. Really? Yeah. Could you imagine Roman Reigns in the character he is right now in AEW? That that would be like uh, taking the leash off the dog. I mean, I think he could do it. I just don't think it'll ever happen, right? Like, I mean, but the the WWE would like put your fantasy, you know, right, right, right. yeah, man, I th- I've always thought that Roman suffered, unfortunately, from um, WWE's creative. Um, you know, they write, they have a very specific idea of what role they want him to play, mm-hmm. and they won't let him get out of that. Versus, like, you know, the same thing was happening to The Rock, and The Rock said, "Look, let me, let me go heal. Let me do this thing." And bring this in, and if you don't like it, you know I'm done. We'll, we'll you know, we'll, we'll go back to whatever you want to do, or you could just let me go. And it paid off in a big way, right? You, wrestling has become so scripted that to it's to its detriment sometimes. You know, um, these guys used to be in charge of their own characters and used to be able to bring unique stuff to them that kept it fresh and interesting. It didn't feel forced because they loved those characters. They inhabited those characters. Um, I think that Roman could benefit from different creative uh, in in the eyes of the fans and everything. Um, Something that he's always struggled with in his tenure at WWE. Yeah. And I mean, and this is what makes Tony Khan such a great boss is he gives his employees uh, free reigns, even though he, he has the final say he gives them bullet points, but he says, go. Well, he's learning, right? He's listening to his talent. He's got Chris Jericho there who has more experience than most of the guys, you know, in any roster Yeah, uh, who was able to tell him, look, I've, I've wrestled for the top promotions in the business, and this is what I think is right. This is what I think is wrong. What do you think, boss? Like, and, and he takes that feedback. You know, I'm just using Jericho as an example, but like, it's um, could say that about a number of the the guys he has with him. Yeah, I mean, backstage he has Malenko, he has Arn Anderson, uh, Jerry Lynn. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are people that have wrestled all over the world for many people. Right, right. Uh, I mean, even Dustin, uh, he wrestles sometimes, but he does a lot of backstage stuff as well. Right. 
which I think he's probably more comfortable there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to talk some more wrestling, uh, especially uh, the the whole deal with uh, Cena, uh, people trying to cancel John Cena now uh, because of remarks he made on Howard Stern a few years back. I got – I mean – Talk about, like, the most futile, like, hill to die on, right? Like, there's no way you're going to be able to cancel this guy. Like, the amount of goodwill he pushes out on a regular basis, and he's so, so beloved. So since like, I brought this up, it's we're going to make it quick and short. Uh, so he was on Howard Stern, mm-hmm. and I don't know, this was year, I don't know, four, five, six, seven, I don't know, eight years ago, whatever, and he uh, said that he thought Chris Canyon wasn't a great wrestler. He didn't say anything yeah. bad about Chris Canyon. No, he just said he was Chris being Canyon. very candid. He's yeah. So after Look. so this Thursday, the Chris Canyon Dark Side of the Ring episode airs, and people are like, "Oh, let's cancel John Cena." Look after after the success of the Suicide Squad and that hilarious Vacation Friends movie that he just put out on Hulu. That guy, I could record him right now on my phone, kick a baby in the teeth across the street, and people would still love him. It would not phase anybody. Dude, it ain't happening. He makes dying children's <laughs> lives happy. Yes, yes. I have met him once before, and he was the most genuine and nicest person I had ever met in the business. And I've met some very nice people uh, in the business. Uh, and that was that was during a time when I wasn't watching pro wrestling, you know? Uh, and I, I knew who he was cause he was on every cereal box, but, um, you know, he, he, he was excellent. He was such a cool guy and he, you know, made time for every fan, talked to each one of them individually. He was great. Yeah. Well, Omar, this has been a great episode. Oh, hold on. Okay. You- so no, I'm literally, so I'm just saying like he, all he said was, um, he said on Chris um, Howard Stern that Chris Canyon wasn't any good. Okay, that's a personal opinion. Shut the fuck up. Who cares? So correct me if I'm mistaken, but John Cena is getting canceled for saying someone isn't good at wrestling. Like, right, right. Grow the fuck up, people. Like, <laughs> it's so insane sometimes. I'm just. <laughs> I joined this thing. Called- oh yeah, go ahead. Finish it. No, it's just, it's just, it flabbergasted is the only word I can think of for like the reaction I have to some of these people. Like you're, they're all out of their minds. Yeah. I just, you know, like if I got, if I got, if, if I got butthurt about every time somebody told me I wasn't good at something, I think, you know, I'd have to crawl in a hole and die somewhere. Like I just. I don't care. Like, I just will continue to do what I, I mean, think is if, right and what I feel like. If there's anybody that's going to say you suck at something, it's you. He's dead. Like, <laughs> I can't, like, you, so you said something mean about somebody who's dead now. Okay, well, people say mean stuff about people all the time. Yeah, but these yeah. comments this, that John Cena made was, was, like, he's just ago. not good. What the, who the fuck cares? Like, yeah, grow up. This, and um, I'm sure that wasn't the first time he had heard it. So. Yeah. So uh, before we end the show, uh, Omar, uh, thank you for joining the team. We look forward to everything that you're going to bring. Uh, where can people find you on the interwebs? I'm, ex- I'm excited, man. So uh, they can always find me on I- Instagram or Facebook under 
Omi Joel Rios. Uh, the only reason it's Omi on there is so that I can find my playlist easy on Spotify. Um, I am currently working like 5, on 5,000 Omar Rios on there, right? <laughs> there, are, there are so many. And none of us are related from what I can see. Um, Dude, what are you lying? But, You're all yeah, related, like it's, man. It's, <laughs> none of us. I think that's none true of for us. anybody. Like, could you imagine <laughs> having? Could you imagine having the same the same name as like? In my class, we've had enough, like five Jose Jose Rodriguez's. Like, yeah, exactly. Or, they all have the same middle name or no middle name, and I'm like, okay, y'all. Like, what are you gonna do? Jose number one, Jose number two. <laughs> They're all in the same class, you know. You know like, okay, well, I, I forgot. We, we found can. these at Publix. Check out these things. Yeah, and those things look cool. Uh, you're going to have to tell me how, how have, that water tastes. We don't have the box. The box is ridiculous. It says murder your thirst. It has an axe murder on the on the box, but it has this cool skull on the box too. And then it says um, they're 100% um, um, to the death of plastic. So they're doing their most to make sure that um, plastic, it says, we donate 10% of the profits from every can sold to help kill plastic pollution. So um, I'm super, I'm super excited. This was an awesome find cool. in Publix. So. Yeah. yeah, definitely. When a group of teenagers set off to the mountains for a weekend of drinking regular water in plastic bottles, they became hunted by an aluminum can of mountain water that was dead set on murdering their thirsts and recycling their souls. Once it came with a story? Once cracked open, no thirst is safe from liquid death. After ritually dismembering its thirst victims, this brutal can of water used the severed body parts of death, parts of dead thirst to build itself a flesh suit, which it used as a disguise to get a job in marketing. But liquid death never took the job. It's just murdered a bunch more thirsts instead. Oh, that is fantastic. That is See, wonderful. now he's got to go and buy a can yes. just to have You guys are just giving me all the all the weekend plans. <laughs> and I got to I got to go buy but what's it called again? It's liquid, liquid death. death mountain water. Drinking water. I got to go buy liquid death. I got to go check out the uh, Necronomicon which is like and, right next door to you. Which is right next door to me and I got to somehow convince Kayla that we should do all this before dinner. So, <laughs> all right. Well, thank there, you for. I'm gonna tell you right now that there's no like aftertaste, no weirdness. No, okay. okay. Tastes really good water, and it doesn't Just have that water? weird plastic. You know, like when you take it out of a plastic bottle. Right, right. The uh, the Aquafina effect, right? So, as we do every week, it's time to ring that bell. Pretty good.